Thank you for joining us today for Wandering in the Word, where we read and discuss the upcoming week's lectionary texts at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. Well, welcome to Wandering in the Word in the Art Room. So I think we'll be inspired with extra creativity this week as we read. Indeed, yes. So these are the texts for Sunday, June 26th, the third Sunday of Pentecost. And uh, some real gems here, I guess. Yes, we got some good stuff. (laughs) Question mark. Um, Well, after we took a week off last week, and so now we've got to really come back strong. So I'm looking at you too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We got it. Well, Melissa, should we just dive in? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, Luke chapter 9, verses 51 to 62. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way there, on their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive him, because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds have of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Yikes. Praise you, oh Christ? (laughs) Question mark? Um, Wow. Yeah, this is some fun stuff here. Yeah, this is, I don't know, do you think Jesus was having a bad day or he was hangry mm. or something? Um, but it is t- very striking, especially mm-hmm. when um, this guy says, like, I, I want to follow you, but, but you know, my dad just died. And so yeah. I'm just going to take care of that. And then I'm with you. And Jesus like, forget that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's his dad. That's mm-hmm. not very pastorally caring. No. He would have failed that class in seminary. Well, based on this episode anyway. But, you know, we think of we think of like Jesus, the good shepherd, like this heart of compassion and, and love. And, you know, I think you maybe have to kind of go, go to extremes sometimes to make a point, but this feels a very point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, how, like even the, I mean, I don't, I feel like each of there's kind of three of these things, right? Mm-hmm. Neither, none of them make sense. No. Like mm-hmm. on really any kind of logical spectrum. So like the first one, um, you know, the guy says, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. It's like, that wasn't the question. <laughs> so, but how I read that <laughs> is that um, wherever you go, like wherever you end up, I'm, I'll, I'll follow you there. And not realizing that where Jesus is going is like, it's the journey. It's not like a destination. It's not like Jesus is going to end up in this place. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you're going to be in this place. Jesus is saying... Um, this is this is not about a destination. This is a way of life. Mm-hmm. This is it's not a home. It's it's something different than that. And yeah, so it's wandering not, around. It's not simple. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean that that does make sense. But I mean the logical response would be like, yep. <laughs> okay, come Great. on. 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. But yes, I mean, it, it is, they're not going to a destination. Even though Jesus has his face set to go to Jerusalem. Right. Jesus' destination is the cross. Yes. Um, and, and luckily, these guys don't need to follow him to a literal cross. Although I think, you know, he's going to tell them, take up your cross. Yes. Here we go. This is going to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the second response that Jesus has, or somebody comes and says, or Jesus asks them, follow me. And the guy says, yeah, let me go bury my father. And then Jesus says, well, the, yeah. the dead can bury their own dead. And it's like, no, <laughs> Maybe no. that wasn't the tone, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully not. Yeah, the dead can bury their own dead. Like, well, if they're, they're yeah. dead, like, how do they bury their own yeah. dead? I know he's probably talking metaphorically. He often does. He does. It's not always clear. Um, I think because, yeah, the, the way of life, Jesus is the life. And if the dead, if, if you're not on this way of life, then are you, like the dead even though you are alive yeah. and you can still hold a shovel but you're not on the way of life yeah well okay then the third one here brandy you can explain this one to us then <laughs> yep. um the, the, the other guy says or another person says i will follow you lord but let me say farewell to those in my home and jesus says yeah. no one puts a hand to the plow and looks back <laughs> who looks back is fit for the kingdom of god and it's like again like <laughs> we weren't talking about farming but you know I, again, I think we get it on the one hand, mm -hmm. but it, yeah, they, it's, it's harsh. We had a conversation with some colleagues about this text earlier this morning, and um, they pointed out that farmers these days who are working in a field are often looking back behind them, like they, their necks are permanently like this, like when they're doing crooked yeah. string work. Because if you have a, what, $350,000 cedar behind you, you better be looking back. Yeah, make sure the seeds are coming out and everything's uh, working. Farming has changed a little over um, two millennia, yeah. of course. Yes, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I get it on the one hand, it is some statement of like, you have to leave behind. Right. You know, what what is in the past and all of that to go forward. But again, yeah, it's kind of harsh words from Jesus. Mm. Right. And can we just go back for a minute? <laughs> uh, the first half of the story really cracked me up. Unless you were going to say something about... No. <laughs> don't, don't worry. We always end up circling back and around and around. So I'm not worried. Verse 54. So like, you know, the Samaritan village yeah. is not ready to receive Jesus because his face on? is set to Jerusalem. He's going to the cross, which is how we understand mm -hmm. it. But the, the disciples' response to that is hilarious. Like, I, I laughed again <laughs> when I heard it because they... You know, this happens and the, the disciples say, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? It's like, yeah. why is that their, like, instant go-to? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, that's no. That's the natural <laughs> response there. They were very offended on Jesus' behalf. They were offended on Jesus' behalf. But Samaritans had a different holy mountain of worship, and so anyone on their way they to did. Jerusalem was very, was other, like, not, yes. not like them. So I guess I could see why they didn't, like, open their homes and be like, you know, roll out the... Royal carpet, royal red carpet. Red there we carpet, go. Yeah. Um, but yes, that is just again a pretty extreme, yeah, extreme yeah. response. And then, what do you think his rebuke sounded like? Jesus turned and rebuked them, which is good. <laughs> Was he like, you guys? <laughs> no. Just shake the dust off. Like, come on. We talk. <laughs> We never talked about fire consuming people. Well, you know. Okay, so I'd like to bring it into the today for just a moment. Like I. You know, I think there's like there's such a like self-righteous anger that oftentimes mm -hmm. in our context Christians seem to have against people who disagree with them or that they perceive are against the word of God or you know, or immoral or whatever. Like there's like this like 
it really is like a self-righteous furor of like mm. we have to you know the destroy the heathen or you know convince them of our way as right mm-hmm. um and i i get a sense mm. of that maybe in this as well like just that like they they're against us so we command fire to rain down on them it's like again i think jesus might rebuke us sometimes for that mm. feeling too that's true um, maybe that's why it is kind of striking and makes us chuckle like we see a little bit of ourselves yeah in that it's a little bit convicting yeah yeah um yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. You gotta stay off of Twitter and see some of like some of these uh, things that go viral from other preachers from denominations, you know, calling for executions of LGBTQ people or like, you know, hunting down politicians that are, uh, uh, which has nothing to do with religion, you know, or our faith, but it, it's the blending of Christian nationalism there. But, anyways, mm-hmm. that's maybe we should move on. Can I just point out one thing? Like, Jesus, um, as he is saying some of these, like, kind of harsh things, other people people are initiating this, saying, like, I will follow you, Lord, but... And only to the middle guy, he did say, follow me, and then he didn't like the response, apparently, but... um, Jesus seems to be kind of, he's, he's on a mission, obviously, his face set toward Jerusalem, he is doing his thing, and he's inviting people to join and um, asking for a commitment if they're going to join, and then at the same time, like, not, not utterly condemning those who are like, okay, like, maybe I'll catch you later, but I really am going to go bury my dad, mm-hmm. yeah. or something like that. Um, because he says, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. But he doesn't say much about people who don't put a hand to the plow in the first place. Yeah. And that just seems, it seems like something. It seems like something to notice. Yeah. It does. I mean, I think the the idea is that, like, you need to be, that this is hard and you need to be committed yeah. to it. You can't just kind of, meet, you know, be like, yeah, this seems like a good idea. And, like, maybe I'll try it. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like all in kind of. Mm-hmm. Commitment to to this new life, um, and there is I mean there you know that is there is something nice to the idea of like you have not when we're thinking about family per se but thinking about like you know you got to leave the past behind you and we are going mm-hmm. forward like right. we are not worried about you know anything that was going on then we are in the now. Yeah, and at the end of the day, like none of us is fit for the kingdom of God. That's that's how Lutherans yeah. would read that. So. You're never going to follow Jesus well enough that you deserve to be part of the kingdom of heaven. It just, it can't happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's not who we are as humans. And, and then the good news is that Jesus, who is undertaking this mission, has, has accomplished that for us already. Like, we are welcomed into the kingdom of God, regardless of how unfit we may or may not be. Yeah. That's a that's a good tie-in, I think, to our first reading. Ooh, look at that transition. Um, um, so our first our uh, our Old Testament reading for June sixth is comes from First Kings nineteen fifteen to sixteen and nineteen to twenty one. Then the Lord said to him, "Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you shall anoint Haziel as king over Aram. Also, you shall anoint." Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And you shall anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, of Abimeloah, as prophet in your place. So he set out from there, and he found Elisha, son of Shaphat, who was plowing. 
there were twelve yoke of oxen ahead of him, and he was with the twelfth. Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle over him. He left the oxen, ran after Elijah, and said, Let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. Then Elijah said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? He returned from following him, took the yoke of oxen, and slaughtered them. Using the equipment from the oxen, he boiled their flesh and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out and followed Elijah and became his servant. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, love the Old Testament stories. They're just so great. Uh, Yeah, if you're looking for... For baby names, or you're getting a new pet. Um, <laughs> Nim- some ideas for you. Nimshi, yes. pretty great. That'd be great. Hazael, come here, boy. <laughs> no. um, anyway, that is not the point of this. And um, you know, this we always get kind of, I think, immediately hung up on the logistics of like, what did this actually look like when it was unfolding? But this is, I mean, this is very a strange situation. Like this uh, yeah. guy's hard at work plowing. He's got a lot of oxen. Yeah, so that's like 24. Yeah. They're in pairs. Yeah. That's a lot. 12 are big. Now, 12, I mean, 12, 12 tribes of Israel. I mean, yeah, there might be some Uh, symbolism in numbers going on. But, but yeah, that's a lot of meat and a lot of slaughtering and a lot lot of money. True. I I just like when Elijah passed by him and was like, he just like threw his mantle (laughs) over him, whatever that was. It was a TikTok challenge. Could have um, been. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like, and obviously, I guess in that time, like that that meant kind of like a, I, I choose you to to you know be be my ment you know mm. my mentee of sorts or something yeah. like that. Well, it's, he was he was told by God to go and anoint Elisha, and I usually think of like oil being poured yeah. over, but I guess a mantle in this case just was throwing a cape over someone. Part of that process. <laughs> Um, but that's still part of our current sort of way of speaking in an idiom that, you know, someone passes the mantle. And that's that's this idea that Elijah, who's been this um, obviously amazing prophet, is is told by God to go and anoint Elisha as prophet in your place. Like, yeah. This is the succession plan. You're about and, done. Yeah. So what do you think Elijah thought? Like, oh. Uh, finally, I, I get to vote retire. Forced you know? retirement. <laughs> Anyway, um, well, and yeah, it, I mean, obviously, there's some connections from this story. I think you know, especially back to the last little line of the gospel of the plow and looking back and um, following, you know, with, with commitment. Mm-hmm. I think the symbolism of Elisha, you know, slaughtering all of his ox and everything is like, you know, he was leaving that life. He was done. He wasn't going to be farming anymore because right. burned oxen, his bridges. Burned like, his you bridges. Can't go back now. He broke up the equipment, it looks like, and used it to make a fire to boil the flesh of the oxen. Like, there is nothing to go back to. Yeah, he was all in. destroyed it. Simply by having a mantle thrown over him. Um, Yeah, it must have been a very meaningful symbolism. Very meaningful. Or God spoke to him in advance and said, just so you know, you're going to be anointed (laughs) today. It felt right. Um, but, it, you know, Jesus said no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is, is fit. And when Elisha is like, he runs after Elijah and he says, well, let me, let me go kiss my father and my mother and then I will yeah. follow you. And Elijah seems to be like, yeah. all right, fine. Yeah. yeah. Take a second. Go, go ahead. Yeah. Which seems reasonable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless Elijah is like kind of 
given up being like, go back again. For what have I done to you? Like, take it up with God. <laughs> He's the one who's <laughs> appointing you to do this. But yeah, um, yeah. Well, it, you're, the, that word mantle being thrown over him. I mentioned this earlier, but uh, just last night I was reading some of the the wedding liturgy and blessing that we have mm-hmm. in the. The, you planning a wedding or I'm something? I'm planning a wedding this summer, and I was <laughs> okay. just looking at it, and so we were, I hadn't really stopped and looked at some of the words of, of like, the blessing in particular, which is, you know, uh, that your love be a seal upon your heart, a mantle about your shoulders, and a crown upon your forehead, yeah. um, which is, actually turns out that that, like, blessing must have some very old roots that I've not mm-hmm. been able to find yet, because it's Episcopalian, Methodist, mm-hmm. and Catholics use that exact same oh. language, and one of the... Google searches I did, or several of them, pointed back to this exact story, which really weirded me out when I read it this morning then. Um, And it's, because it is, I mean, like, we kind of get it, but it's like, what does a mantle about your shoulders in marriage mean, you know? Um, There's some, I think, It means you have to go be a crazy prophet. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, (laughs) you mean you got to have a big barbecue and have a party, I guess, you know? Um, But, uh... Serve ox meat. (laughs) This isn't exactly the most romantic marriage story I could think of, but, you know... But that mantle of being kind of like a calling of God, I guess, or a, um, something that God has done, chosen, um, is interesting. And someone had suggested, too, that it had to do with protection, perhaps, that um, Elisha was going to be mentored, as you said, sort of under the protection and guidance of Elijah. And if, yeah. you, if your love is like a mantle about your shoulders, maybe so that is going to guide and protect you yeah, that could be. in some way. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I will get to the bottom of it. I got okay. some more research Could you to do. let us know when you do? <laughs> I will. <laughs> but, um, well, anyways, well, okay, so we've got some good stories here. Any um, kind of closing thoughts or ideas with any of these? <laughs> Melissa, you got some? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> That's about how I'm feeling. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it, the, interesting story. Sometimes the Bible mm-hmm. can confound us a little bit. Just as a side note, you'll also get to read Galatians and talk about fruit of the spirit. Yep. And the fruit of the not spirit, or not fruit of the spirit, or whatever they the call bad it. Fruit. The bad fruit. The bad of fruit of the not spirit. All the other kind of things, but things like um, uh, carousing, licentiousness, and sorcery. Wow. Don't bear that fruit. <laughs> yeah, it's bad stuff. But um, <laughs> anyways, um, well. <laughs> with that, thank you everyone for joining us today for our Wandering in the Word for June 26, 2022. Uh, for Pastor Brandy, myself, and Melissa, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today for another Wandering in the Word podcast here at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. 